Okay, so in this first section, we're going to talk about preparing to persuade. This section we put together last when we first created this workshop about five years ago. Um, and we've done this workshop maybe seven or eight times now. And we got done creating all the content and we realized that none of this stuff is going to work if you don't prepare the right way. If you don't have the right thoughts going into it, then it's going to backfire on you. And it's actually going to hurt you to use a lot of these strategies instead of help you. Um, so I'm going to go through what some of those things are, and then I'll check in with my team on questions from the virtual attendees and make sure that we're addressing any questions they have. And feel free to raise your hand if you have questions here in the room. So this is going to be, there's different requirements to being influential. That's kind of a, a foundation to make everything work much, much better. First of all, the intent should be to genuinely add value, to be authentic, to be transparent and honest, because anytime someone gets a sense that you're not, then they're just going to run the other direction. And that just happens anytime in life. But especially if you're trying to be using some of these strategies, it just comes off as extra used car salesman-y, you know, like, oh, you're from Boston. Let's talk about the Red Sox, like in a used cars, car lot, right? So like, like Steve is here today, friend Steve, he's like a expert at sales training, specifically in the real estate space. Um, and there's other sales trainers that literally did come from the used car salesman space, right? And so some of those people might have a different skill set or opinion on how to do things than Steve. And we talked about that at, at lunch recently, but you don't want to come off as a classic used car salesman, obviously. That's no one's goal here. So that's also the point of this section. Um, and another thing to think about when preparing to persuade is the environment that you're going to be in. The environment you're in can instantly persuade and change somebody's behavior. If you're in a library, people naturally talk a little bit more quietly. If you're in, if you're in an NBA playoff game, people act differently. Um, if you have, they've shown that if you have a Visa and MasterCard symbols up on the wall, that the amount that people would spend can be as much as 18% more versus not having those symbols. Because people think, oh yeah, I can just pay for it later. I'll just put it on the credit card. And they've scientifically proven that. And so I'm going to go through so many ideas today. I'm not going to have time or I'm not going to remember on every slide to be like, oh, by the way, that's also scientifically proven. I'll point out to you if there's one or two times that it's just something I know works for sure because we've done it so many times. But um, environment is a scientifically proven way to instantly influence people based on whether you meet in a family office's home, you get to see the interior of their home, you get to meet members of their family, um, showing my, my kids at the, the front of the PowerPoint presentation to make kind of a, a connection with you, uh, sets a tone for kind of the environment, uh, or talking about, you know, values, if you see the values of a company on their wall, et cetera, all those things instantly influence people. So just something to keep in mind of where you host a meeting, where, what restaurant you choose to meet somebody at, uh, et cetera. And it gets into an area where some people are like, oh, well, some of this stuff seems so superficial and you shouldn't ju judge a book by its cover. Well, the reason people say that is that everyone judges every book by its cover. And so, yes, you shouldn't completely judge any human being personally based on the quality of their clothes or based on some superficial element, but just to survive the day, we kind of go around having to look at superficial things. You can't go and then interview someone for, for two hours um, over a very simple engagement, maybe that you need to, to do with them on a very simple project. So we have to skim along the surface for many things just to get through the day, as we talked about earlier. Um, it's been proven that inputs equal outputs, um, that the more that you consume of something or expose yourself to something, the more that's going to come out in your own life. And it's surprising how deep this goes. They've scientifically proven that if you don't smoke and none of your friends, your top six friends smoke, and none of the six friends of your top six friends smoke, 
but then a friend of theirs smokes, you're scientifically proven to be more likely to take up smoking yourself one day. They've also shown this for divorce and alcoholism. Uh, it seeps through social networks as being like, oh, well, it's okay. Cause you know, Johnny over here does this thing. And so now it's kind of okay within that fabric to do that. And it seeps through and you're more likely to do it yourself. If you hang out, not only with people who do it, but maybe you have a friend and all of their friends are something, even if, even if that friend is not. So it's just interesting to know that it's been proven that those things do influence you. And after learning this, <clears throat> I was in one business owner club and I liked everyone in the club. They'd been together for eight years and I got in this little forum with them and there's eight guys in there and I really like spending time with them. And over time, I found that one of the guys was like really not honest, like not honest to anyone in the group, to people in his family, et cetera, just really bad. So I basically told the group like, hey guys, I'm just going to leave. Um, or you can have him leave, but I'm not going to stay here. And they're like, oh, but he's been in the group for eight years or 10 years, whatever. I said, okay, well, no problem. Then I'm just going to leave if, if you're not going to have him leave. So I don't want to be around this type of person. And they're like, oh, sorry, we can't kick him out. So I just left the group. It was like an immediate person in my inner circle. I don't want to be spending a ton of time with somebody like that. So that's something just important to know about who you allow on your team, who you allow in your client base. All of that affects who you are, your psyche, your psychological health, your happiness, your energy, all of that. Uh, Carol Dweck uh, wrote a book called Mindset, and it's about how many people, when they study them, have a fixed mindset, and they think, oh, I cannot change. This is who I am. I am an engineer who lives in Detroit and works on cars, or there's other people who have a more flexible, adaptive mindset, and they're constantly changing, constantly evolving, being more nimble, agile, et cetera. And there's really, there's really those two types of people, um, and many people just get stuck in a fixed mindset. So today, I want you guys to be open-minded. And just know that you can go from being fixed-minded to being more open-minded and adaptive and, and changing how you do things and influencing, influencing yourself. Um, Jeffrey Gittimer was one of my uh, mentors when I first started the business. And he talks about how life is unfair. And that's the good news because people like to do business with people they like and people like to do business with their friends. <laughs>